1: This is a view from the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 20th of March, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. Um, a disappointing week, or a disappointing weekend for the Belfast Giants. Uh, two losses at the SSE Arena, one of which a, f- a great performance, the other of which not so good. We go forward now into what was what three games left in the season, one coming up on Wednesday, two at the weekend. Call them what you want, to build up to the playoffs, uh, pre-post-season or, or dead rubbers. It's up to you. Um, but we've got plenty to talk about regardless. We'll go to hear from Jim Vandermeer and Adam Keefe. Simon's been down to train and talked to them. Well, the lads have also just had a quick chat with Mark Garside, which will uh, we'll bring you later in the show. Speaking of which, Mr. Majimsy, how are you? Not too bad, Paddy. And Mr. Kitchen, how are you?
0: You know what? I was sitting thinking earlier on um, about... <laughs> how quickly the season's gone. Yep, There's only three games left in the regular season and potentially four for the playoffs. It's absolutely flowing in. But to answer your question, I'm dead on. <laughs> how was last night? Last night was brilliant, Mitt. Um, uh, it was a really good show. We obviously showed the, the the whole of the Devils game, but we condensed it and cut all the the, uh, the chat in between um, plays and obviously in between whistles, sorry. So cut it right down, um, and then uh, there was a, the documentary. Was f- the feedback we got on it was absolutely. eaten. Adam come over and me this morning. I'm going to see it. i seen to uh, see him at training, and he said he says really really enjoyed that. Thought it was excellent. Really well put together. There's no point in telling me it was all about uh, Neil and Johnny. They did a brilliant job with it. <laughs> and um, uh, there, there's been a lot of requests today regarding uh, can people see it? Can people buy a DVD or? or Blu-ray, so they're looking into all the eventualities at the minute, and uh, hopefully news coming out soon.
1: Oh, We'll keep an ear to the ground on that, and I know those lads do fantastic work. Um, let's bat our head, boys. We've got two games to talk about from the weekend, neither of which was a victory, but two contrasting performances. We'll start off with Friday night's game, March the 16th, against The Cardiff Devils. The Cardiff Devils win this game 3 2 and subsequently lift both the league and the Erhard Conference titles. Uh, The scoring was opened by Colin Shields, 13 22 into the first, before Joey Martin, just a little over 30 seconds later, levelled it up. In the second period, Matt Pope unassisted scored before Spiro Galakos kept it back to 2 2 for that period at the end. Now, the third period was a real battle. Unfortunately it ended with Brendan Conley taking a cross checking penalty and Andrew Hotham scoring with twenty seconds left on the clock, which lifted the elite league title for the Cardiff Devils a 3 2 victory in regulation for them. In goals, Ben Bounds for the Cardiff Devils, 41 shots, 39 saves. At the other side, Chris Trill with a fantastic performance. 41 shots, 38 saves. Your referee on the referees on the night side were Tom Darnell and Stefan. Hogarth, Davey, I'll start with you on this one The I thought that was a fantastic game of hockey
2: Yeah tremendously disappointing way to to lose it I suppose with that uh, power play goal with just a few seconds left on the clock as you've already said there as well I think both goaltenders truly played very well I think Bouncy played pretty well for them as well and uh, Slugfest again of the you know, people can argue with me if they want. I think the Cardiff Devils and the Belfast Giants have been the best two teams in the league this season. The games that we've played against them have been like this at times, just like two heavyweight boxers just going at each other constantly, and on neither side really breaking. And unfortunately for us, that sort of discipline or that that little lack of it just at that last minute, where the call goes against you. You know, cons gives the referees a, a decision to make. You know, we engage in not, but a cross checking, and, and I can see why it's called. But I also think that there was worse cross checks, worse checks from behind not called earlier in the game. But you know, the one against Kurtsey stands out like a sore thumb. And not one that you know me, I'm 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 always the one that's sort of sticking up for the, the officials. I thought on the night, poor enough, I think that they missed a lot. They called some things that were pretty weak calls and um you know, effectively they had a very, very big say. Twenty seconds to go in the game. There was periods of that game where the whistles were in their pocket. Twenty seconds to go, you don't make that call. It's just a bit of a, a challenge. Two guys, one guy trying to go to the net, one guy trying to stop him, and there's not an awful lot in it for me to. But as I say, Collins makes them make the decision. Very, very good power play with the Cardiff Devils, and they uh Fortunately, we missed a couple of assignments on that and you know, he gets in a wee bit easy on Trulli and it felt really sorry for him in his, in his post-match interview. You know, he took a lot of the blame on that on a personal level and, you know, not for yeah, me. I thought he,
1: for, yeah, I think I was on call for like, yeah, I don't think
2: I, he was to blame. I thought he had a, a really good game, possibly even his, his best game for the club mm-hmm. on Saturday night and, or, or or Friday night. But unfortunately for him and unfortunately for the Belfast Giants, we've came up just short. And I suppose that's a, a microcosm, party of the whole season there. You know, the, I think our last 20 games, I think we've only won nine of our last 20 games. So like we've really fell apart since the middle of, they're no, not fell apart. We haven't been consistent enough since the middle of January. And, you know, you, you look at high key losing Jim VanderMeer down that stretch has been, and just even just for his common influence on the ice for his positional play for how he tells other players to play the game and where to be on the ice, you know, so big Jimbo coming back is going to be a massive fillet to us going forward. But You know, on the night, I was really, really disappointed because obviously didn't want the Cardiff Devils to... To take that championship on, on home ice, but just those sometimes those things go against you, and, and unfortunately, Friday night was one of those nights.
1: We'll be hearing from Jim Vandermeer later in the show. Says, so you know, as Davy said, you know, was one of those nights on Friday night, and, and, he, and he picks up that key decision in the last couple of minutes or last minute of the game that allowed Andrew Hotham to score a goal. But coming back to the game as a whole, you know, it, why is it, do you think, that these two teams, Cardiff and Belfast, over the course of the season, have had such great battles and have had such high quality performances.
0: Because they're two really good teams, they're really set up. They just play well against each other most of the time. And you know, there's it's it's been more or less been a goal a game that's won it, um, whether it's went the overtime or or a shootout. Um, apart from the six two loss to them, and then obviously we beat them in the Challenge Cup six three. I think I was trying to total it up earlier on. I think it's 25 twenty five twenty four um, on the goals mark this season against them. Um, you know, we've played them eight times, we beat them four, uh, they beat us four, and um, we've got the one more game next weekend. You know, they just match up really well against each other too. I, I absolutely agree with both of you, so I think they're the two best teams in the league. I know Manchester sitting second, but uh, <laughs> the, um, I know Manchester sitting second, but, you know, for me, the, the Giants and, and um, Cardiff Devils are definitely the two best um, to watch teams. And that I mean, I absolutely agree with you, Paddy. I thought Friday night's game was brilliant. It was yeah. for, for a spectacle for British ice hockey. If you, if you put that on a DVD to sell it, it would sell definitely 100% sell. It was absolutely outstanding. It had everything. Um, you know, there was, there was everybody was, I mean, there they, they played really well. It was a unbelievable save. He put it off in the first period, which he had no right to do. We, we absolutely, you know, played fantastically well in the first period. Um, you know, got the, the early, well, not the early goal, got the goal halfway through the first. And, and, um, again, one of those things that we've done this year was we'll sort of take our finger off the pulse. We try and either, you know, relax and, and uh, let somebody react very quickly, which the Devils did, um, or we try and go forward again and, and try and get another goal immediately um, instead of, you know, just take your time. The next shift, let's be, uh, make sure they don't score in the next shift, which um, they, you know, it was a two-on-one old man rushing and truly didn't really have a chance. And I thought he was that was probably his best game for us as well. I thought he was excellent, but. um Fantastic game of hockey, uh, Devils again. I had to congratulate them straight after the game, which was tough. I mean, that was really tough. Uh, but they've been the best team in the league again this year. Um, you know, our matchups against them have been outstanding, as we've already said. Uh, you know, we we lost our uh, chance for for pushing for the title against the, the with the greatest respect the lower teams. You know, Edinburgh's beaters, um, Manchester. Well, not Manchester playing second, but Milton Keynes, right? <coughs> Dundee, um brayhead they've all beat us at least once, and that's where we've lost this league um and that, that's one of the ones where is it a mental thing if it is then it, it's one of those things that adam as i say he's he's a developing coach he's a learning coach um I think he'll be much better at again next year and in uh, the way he comes across and build up for for games against the lower teams but um thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was a brilliant match and as I say, congratulations to the Cardiff Devils.
1: Cardiff picked up that title on, on uh, SSE Arena Ice, uh, brought it back to a rousing reception at Cardiff Airport. Um, Davey, are they are they worth the title?
2: Yeah, because I think... It's it's silly to say the team with the most points deserves the title, but yes, I think consistency over the course of the season, um, the way they're built, they, they, they built off the success of last season. They're they're well organized on and off the ice. The consistency in coaching, the consistency in and playing staff. So you know that all those things are going to go for you. I would expect Kiefer to, as Simon has also said, there learn a lot from this season, um, not make radical changes to to his playing roster and. There's going to be hopefully consistency in, in the office staff as well. Then, so let us build again from from the position we're in and and, and take those small steps towards trying to get back to being a uh, you know a league championship winning team. Okay, the, the challenge cups in the locker this season—that's absolutely fantastic. It was a prize that we wanted to win, and mm. he set out and got silverware in his first season. So you know you got to give him kudos there. But the Cardiff Devils have have repeated, and it's it's a very hard thing to do. I think it's only been done three times since the. Since the IHL, you know, was formed all those years ago, so it has, um, Cardiff you know, you've and Sheffield
1: to, been the only two teams to previously do it. You've
2: got to, Sorry, your, You've got to tip your cap to them and and say that uh, that they've done very very well and. uh They've got size, they've got good goaltending, they're mobile at the back and they've got the likes of Joey Martin up front who, you know, would grace any any team of any era in the IHL and even the ISL days, you know, an absolutely fantastic little fox in the box, knows where to knows how to score, knows how to do a little bit of everything, wins face offs, gets dirty in the corners when he needs to. So, you know, they've got they've got real quality right throughout their roster and much as that sticks in the cross set, you know, and yeah, they're worthy champions because in my opinion the our Heart conference where you're having to play okay they haven't had the greatest of the seasons but you're having to play the nottingham's and the sheffield's and and, and ourselves on a much more regular basis than you're playing the, the edinburgh's and the manchester's of this league you know so from from that point of view to win it and come out of the our Heart conference is is the hard route to take so you know as i say you tip your cap to them they've, they've repeated and uh Kudos to them.
1: Absolutely. Just coming back to the game. Says uh, I'll let Davy has have his say with regards to the incidents towards the end. Your your thoughts on on the referee and decisions towards the end of the game?
0: For letting, I mean, they did try and let it go. That's a positive. Um, but for that penalty to be called when there was numerous other ones throughout the game that weren't called, uh, and and you know are are obviously blatant penalties um, with. 50 seconds to go in the game. It's got to be an absolutely kneeled-on penalty. You, you know, you, you've cons has definitely given him a, an opportunity and a, and a decision to make, and he's made the decision to, to give us a two-minute minor with, let's say, 15 seconds to go. And, and uh, it was really disappointing. But I mean, if you look early, earlier in the game, John Kurtz was cross-checked from behind. Not a call. In the boards, by the way. Um, no call. Dar- Darcy Murphy was tripped right in front of their bench, couldn't believe there was no call. Um and within fifteen seconds they scored the equalising goal and make it two two. Um and what a finish from Matt Pope, by the way. Or Brent Pope as I was calling him.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um but uh, you know for, for for the those two referees that again I mean well, we got them again on the Sunday night, they were booed off the arena on on um on Friday. I think they were booed off on Saturday as well. Um and uh I thought it was soft compared to some of the ones that that let go earlier in the game however Cons as i say has given him a decision to make and ultimately it's a penalty you know it's it's a cross-check penalty across the chest um put us in a really difficult position and you know Hoffman you know arguably one of the best defensemen in the league again steps forward and and dashes lots of pass truly which again he you know he, he blamed himself for the whole with a whole loss and the whole weekend. I spoke to him after the game and obviously did the interview and, and I was out on uh, SoundCloud. But um I thought Chris Turrell was outstanding that night. He really put off a, a fantastic amount of really good saves. Um but again, fortunately they managed to get that winner with twenty seconds to go on. There was just no there's no way we were going to score with twenty seconds to go and and you know they took their time out and uh, you know, when they were even after ten seconds of making sure these guys are their top five guys that they want out there are gonna be there, and um, it was disappointing, but hey-ho, move on, get on, it.
2: Sam, you know, obviously we talk about Brendan Conley taking the the cross-checking penalty there with just about a minute to go on the clock, they get the penalty, obviously then cons gets an abusive official call after the final whistle. Shoot it, it is, it, okay, he's been out of order, that's okay, we'll take that, he's got his abusive official and he's ended up suspended for the Saturday night game.
3: Yeah. Now,
2: the officials need to sometimes understand perhaps the emotion of what has just happened, that he's taken a penalty with a minute to go in a game and ended up deciding the championship on home ice and, you know, just sometimes take some, take some abuse. If you like, there's an element of, you know, you're in a game where emotions are high. You just, sometimes you have to take a bit, a bit like Martinelli on Saturday night gets, gets a naughty hit off the play, hit to the head, in my opinion, and he says something obviously going off the ice thirty seconds later, and we end up on the power play or in the penalty kill, starting the, the next the third period. You know, is there, I, I think I heard you even on the on the the commentary saying, you know, very very thin skinned.
0: You you just you started the, the question or the 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 way even out their David, is that sometimes they need to have a thicker skin. Not sometimes they need to have a thick skin. You know, they do a difficult job, and you know, no, you know, I'm not getting on their back regarding that, but. You know, as I say, Collins has basically taken it to a penalty with fifty seconds to go. He wasn't happy with the call. In my opinion, it's a penalty. You know, if if it's any other game, uh, it's a penalty all day long, especially with with Hogarth or, or Darnell. So I'm not I'm not having to go at them that way. However, you know, he's feeling that he you know, ultimately he's lost his the game. Ultimately, you know. And he he definitely would have been feeling disappointed on, on Friday evening. But to get a suspension, whether he's giving the F-bombs or dropping, or calling them, you know, all sorts of arseholes going off the ice, it doesn't matter. They just need to go. The game's over. There's nothing to do about it. No, just get on with it. Keep your trap shut and move on. The Saturday night incident, I spoke to Ryan Martinelli about this after the game, because I didn't know what to get called for. I didn't see him. You know, normally when players are irate, you know, you can see them pointing the finger, or you can see them, um, you know, shouting at referees. I did not see that when he was going off the ice. And we we always stay online until all the players are off the ice and then you know, finish the period and take your 12 or 14-minute break, whatever it is. I spoke to him after after the game uh, in the dressing room, and I said, I said, what happened? And he said, "He said I got an elbow to the head, a blatant elbow to the head. They called a penalty. I can't even remember. What it, was. it was an interference they called it.
2: Yeah. The linesman oh, called it. He
0: went both, over both and Both refs asked, missed uh,
2: it. Pardon me? Both refs missed it. The linesman called it. Right? Oh, that's that's correct.
0: They fantastic as it just called it. And he went over um and he asked Stefan Hogarth, he said, I can't believe you only called a, a three minute penalty on that. Hoagie dismissed him, told him to go away. And he said, We went and spoke to um Darnell, said the same thing to Darnell, and Hoagie gave him a penalty. Because he was arguing he basically turned around and said, He says, I've just got an elbow left and head. What should be mean to the a the day? They're there to protect the bloody players. And they failed to do it on that occasion. They failed to do it the next night when Bersens left his feet and, and hit St- uh, Spiro, Spiro. head as well. He got a 2 plus 10, yes. But, you know, he should have been thrown out of the game. He wasn't even suspended. There was no mention of it. Did you say there was no mention of it today, Paddy? No,
1: nope. I'm just looking on the dops. There's been no mention of dops at all yet.
0: You know, again, dops is sort of starting to make some strange decisions. Obviously, it's not Lyle's sights anymore because he was pretty even. But um, for me, those two referees, again, having them in the Saturday night, and then they went over and had another two games. Actually, the referee tonight. Four games in a week, they've refereed together. Um, And I'm sure as hell they probably weren't any better tonight again. Disappointing. Um, I thought that, you know, again, when you're given a decision to make, all we're wanting to do is call the right decision. And ultimately... The most important thing of any hockey match is player safety, and Rand Martinelli felt that they did not protect him on Saturday night, Friday night, sorry. They did not show any protection, and for the two of them to miss, a blatant elbow in the head is bang out or the order.
1: Let's move on to St Patrick's Day to the Saturday night's game at the SSE against the Five Flyers and after a fantastic performance against the the Cardiff Devils unfortunately with them winning it took uh, the last pieces of regulation uh, sorry regular season silverware out of the hands of the Giants and uh well let's say when we went into this game you could tell it was a 5-2 win for the five flyers, the Jazz actually opened a scoring on the power play of Sebastian Sylvester before Charlie Mosey and Shea Stockton made a 2-1 at the end of the first through the flyers. Peter LeBlanc made a 3-1 in the second period before Blair Riley shorthanded pulled one back to make it 3 two, however, in the third period, a shorthanded goal from Charlie Mosey, his second of the game, and Russ Meyer with an empty net, rounded off the scoring at 5-2, and a sound win for the five flyers. In nets, Jordan Marr, the backup, 43 shots, 41 saves. The other side, Chris Truel, 26 shots, 22 saves. Same referees as the night before, Tom Darnell and Stephen Hogarth, which we've talked about. Um, says, I'll start with you, uh, what is? The, we understand that the, you know, there, there, there was nothing to play for in this game other than if you're really worried about seeding, um, about where we're going to finish, how high up, how low down, however, and the disappointment of, you know, of losing and, and there not being anything to play for here. Yet, you're performing in front of your home fans, you really should be putting in an effort.
0: Not acceptable, man. Um, yes, the guys were, they looked very tired the whole night. Um, they looked like you know, there was the night before the game against Cardiff zapped all the energy out of him. But you've still got to show a bit of passion, a bit of belief, and and for me, that wasn't the case on on uh, Saturday night. You know, five came in with their backup goalie. We didn't work him hard enough. Um, you know, if you look at him, he put him off a couple of saves. But at the end of the day, that's what he's paid to do. Um, but you know, when you you fired 43 shots at him, and I'm pretty certain uh, at least 75% of them were right into the chest. You know, making it easy for him and and uh, made him look like a, a, one of the best goalies in the league in fairness, but um, we we didn't we didn't protect our goalie enough. I thought we were we gave up too many old man rushes. Um, I thought that you know we were yes we we're trying to chase the game. Obviously we got that shorthanded goal just as it was four on four and and then we got a guy back. Uh sorry, four on four and they got a guy back just as the puck went in mm-hmm. Um and that's what it, you know called shorthanded, but. Just thought it was, it was a, a flat performance is probably the easiest way of looking at it. Our special teams, again, which we, we talk about an awful lot. You know, I was down at practice today, and I'm sitting watching these guys do their power play. And wondering. I mean, looking around, going, you've got Brandon Conley, Blair Riley, Spiro Galakos. You know, you've got all these guys. And by the way, I'm not slotting them in order. Because don't want to give away what who's playing who in the power play, but tomorrow night. But <laughs> um, you know, you've got all these highly skilled and you know hockey players who individually are arguably you know a, num- a number of the best players in the league. But put them in a group of five, and for whatever reason, they can't get it done. Um, you know, shorthanded. Yes, I thought we you know we played better in the shorthand against uh, Cardiff on the. Um, on the Friday night, which I think, they did they get one power play goal, David? Yeah. On Friday night. Um, but again, I just thought, we. I think the easiest way of looking at the game was flat. Uh, the atmosphere in the arena was flat. There wasn't, you know, there's certainly, I think, it, as you said, Patty at the, at the top of the question there, it was, it was a, a dead rubber game. For me, it's not. You know, you want to get those two points. You want to finish up that league as, as possible. I mean, right now, we're sitting where we're playing Sheffield in the playoffs. We win that game against Fife. Um, you're arguably playing Guildford or Nottingham. Nottingham won tonight. So it would be Guilford, it would be Nottingham now, but it was Guilford on Saturday, night, and they lost two games at the weekend. So it's it was disappointing. It's one of those ones say say, you just want to try and forget about it and hopefully get a couple of days rest um, and come out tomorrow night against Milton Keynes and put a performance on.
1: Davey, is there any mitigation to say that there's nothing to play for, or is it just a case of, especially with the three games left to play, you still have to perform at a high level?
2: there's always something to play for when you put on a Belfast Giants jersey because you're playing for your city and you're playing for the people that can't play you know you're playing you're representing me you're representing my city you have to put in a shift and I think on on Saturday night we were guilty of at times like there was individual mistakes that's this this happens you know we made individual mistakes for goals but we're also out hustled at times and you know, we'll have a couple of giveaways, give away shorthanded goal when you're when you're trying to get something back on the special teams and with a couple of little bad breaks, a bit of puck luck didn't go our way. But overall, you know, we turned the puck over easy, we gave give up odd man rushes, as I say, we we lost our details at time, our gap control wasn't all that good, you know. There's things that we did on Saturday night that are uncharacteristic of this team. So you have to give a bit of mitigation with that and say that, you know, this has happened probably the bit of the exhale hail from the disappointment of, of Friday night and that being, you know, as a pro sports person, as a sports person of any kind, to see the, your opposition win the lot on your ice must be hard to take, you know. And, and that'll have had a mental effect on us, but our special teams haven't been good enough. They weren't good enough on on Friday night. They weren't good enough on Saturday night. You know, we're getting a lot, we're getting plenty of looks and we're not getting better at it. And it's, it's just one of those things where, we need our goaltenders to be our best players at times, and, and and give us an opportunity to win games. And we have to score more than two goals at the minute to win games, and over the course of the weekend, you know, we scored two goals against the Devils and we scored two goals against um, Fife, and it wasn't enough. And I suppose the biggest disappointment there for me is the way we systematically destroyed Fife in their own barn, a hard place to yeah. go. Just what three or four days previous, yes, we knocked, knocked eight goals past more. We got on them quick. We we got we got goals behind them in the first period and we never looked back. Whereas, you know, we still had like, shot five two to one. I don't think it was a it was a tragic performance. I think that we we had enough in that game to win the game. But the individual mistakes, the, the turnovers, the, the odd man rushes, is what what lost us the game. You know, we made bad decisions and ultimately that cost us the points. And that's a hard two points for me. You look back, Simon talked earlier, and I think it was in the Cardiff game about you know how we've lost the. Oh, well, we've lost every team in the league, but we lost crucial points: the Edinburghs, the Milton Keynes, the Guildfords, the you know Fives. And with the greatest respect, if you're going to win games, um, you've got to beat those teams. I think our special teams, for me, has been the biggest letdown in the season. I would, I you know, you can't quantify these things, but I would say special teams have probably cost us over the course of the season ten points. Very, very hard to quantify that, but. Just doing a little bit of statistical analysis, I would say it's cost us double digits in points. Is there credit to go to Jordan
1: Moore for his performance at the SSE, Davey? Now, I'm looking... like Obviously, he takes the win there. Where he, where he, he's faced 40-odd shots. I'm looking tonight... Uh, at the game at the NIC between Fife and the, the, the Nottingham Panthers. And the shot count, I don't know how actual accurate this is, but the shot count says that Jordan Marr faced 40 shots and led in two goals, while Patrick Galbraith, F- F- Patrick Galbraith faced nine shots in the whole game, 40 to nine in this game at the NIC tonight. But Jordan Marr,
2: credit for his performance at the SSC? Credit for his performance. He, he faced 58 shots. From us on off blocked exactly that kind of thing on um, <clears throat> on on Saturday night and then you know if you look at the previous game sixty seven shots so you know we we put one hundred and twenty shots towards Jordan Mars net over the two nights and uh, one night we've got it the other night we've got two you know I think Simon touched on quality of, of shooting certainly on on Saturday night going in hard on him, going, you know, burned down on that and, and and really trying to get those goal scoring opportunities rather than just throwing things at his chest and hoping that, you know, they go in. We, we we weren't the Belfast Giants that we have been over the course of this season. So, you know, credit of course to Jordan Moore. Any goaltender that wins in this league deserves their win. You know, there's a, there, sell them, you know, as a young kid, he's done well. There's, there's no doubt about that. You go to the SSA, you come away with a win. Uh, as a young guy, you faced nearly seventy shots or whatever you deserve, or sorry, on the sixty shots as it was on the Saturday night. Now, what's just also look, Paddy? I know I'm I'm annoyed about this, but you know, when, whenever you look back at the numbers that we are creating the goal scoring opportunities, and you know you're creating sixty opportunities on a night, you've got to score more than two goals. You just have to. Yeah. Numbers suggest that, that something's gone very, very badly wrong on that game. I
0: I think that one of the things that we're we're guilty of this year is a bit of selfishness. I think guys who are maybe in better positions should be passing the puck. Yes, I understand. You know, there there's guys that may be chasing points and you know, it's always good to get an assist, they're always good to get a goal. I understand that. Um but you know, for for if you're coming down the left wing, I was always taught to shoot across the goal. They like, give you a chance of a rebound coming right out front and somebody going to the net. The amount of time we are going down the left wing, whoever it may be, taking a shot at the, front, at the near side post and it's ending up out in, the, in the neutral zone. It's going over the top of the crossbar. It's ending up in the neutral zone. We've got to stop doing that. It's, go, it's being selfish. It's not a good teammate. It's not a good teammate at all. You've got to give your chance of getting the shot on target. Yes, if you see a big blurring opening and you're going for that, I can understand that. But these goalies at this level are pretty good. Let's be honest. Whether it's Jordan Marr or whether it's, um, Jackson Whistle or whether it's Ben Bounds or whoever it may be you know these guys are playing at this level for a reason and they're good enough to basically stop you know as you said David 90% of the shots are, that they're being fired at them or 100% of the group shots being fired at them sorry they're stopping 90% of them so 9 and 10 shots that you know if, if you do that you're on the good record if you beat that it's even better but we've got to be starting to shoot across the goalie giving the guys a chance to drive the net Get that rebound opportunity and slot it past them that way. It's happened you know, when we're playing well that's what we do. But when we're not playing well and we're we're literally clutching at straws and you're and you're just basically you're being selfish. it's not a good team, mate. You need to get those pucks coming, coming down the left wing, shoot across the goalie, get the guy coming centre or the guy coming right wing looking for a rebound and slot it home. It's 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 what you're taught when you're starting to play this game.
1: It's funny on a, on a, on a slight tangent before we wrap this up. It's funny that the three names you mentioned there says Jordan Maher, Jackson Whistle, Ben Bounds, you know, the three British, okay, Jackson Whistle was it, but three GB goalies, or three British goalies. Also, you throw in like a Stephen, Mur- Stephen Murphy in there, of course, Thomas Murphy. Goalkeeping, uh, regards to the GB is
0: in a good position right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bounds, you know, he's, He's backstopped his team to two championships, two league championships in a row. Um, Jackson West has won the Challenge Cup this year. Uh, you know, don't forget, young, young Jordan McLaughlin, he's only set, just turned 18 in Edinburgh. He's played the last eight, ten games on his own, um, faced minimum of 50 shots a night, um, and he's doing really well as well. So, yeah, there, there's definitely a plethora of of, of goaltenders. in within uh, British hockey, You're obviously, you could maybe qualify for, for Great Britain to play for them for World Championships or whatever it may be. And that's uh, one of the positions that we're very lucky at at the minute.
1: Davy, who has it said you'll never win the league with a British goalie?
2: Oh, I don't know, some fat estate agent. <laughs>
1: it's been proven to be completely false.
2: The, 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 the standard of British goaltending has dramatically improved over the course of the EIHL, and I suppose even to an extent now that the backups that are coming in are no mugs. You know, you, you've, you've named a few of them. Or says a young know, guy, McLaughlin in, in Edinburgh. They gospel all these, you know, Jordan Russell, Moore, roughly up and Brayhead as well. You know, they, these guys are no mugs and it's it's great to see. And the Belfast Giants obviously have got their their Stephen Murphy and Jackson Whistle. And I don't, I don't know what the, the future for the, you know, Jahassick is, but, you know, he's in there doing... The problem, the
0: problem with Jazic Dave, he's an import, mate. Is he right? Okay. Yeah, that's the problem. Funny enough, I was talking about that this morning with Taff. Um, you know, he, again, he's still turning up a train every day. Every day. Turns out there, he was out this morning again. You know, you've already got uh, Trill, Dixon and Stephen Murphy on the ice this morning. And Jacek's turning up. But he's, he's an import. That's the problem.
1: Did he play at Manchester? I, think I thought
0: he was
2: playing Sorry, I dropped you there.
0: No, I don't know, mate. I really don't know.
2: And there's another there's another young guy now. I don't know where he is. Tom Hovel as well. You know he was knocking about a few years ago there as well. I don't know what the the sort of problems with the EPL whether whether a lot of these guys are still playing or not. I would need to look a few them up. But you know the the, the talent is there, and there's there seem to be getting more opportunities um to, to play games over the last number of seasons as well. You know it was there was once upon a time your your backup was sort of you would do anything but playing. But nowadays now it seems to be a a real push on, on getting them as much ice time as possible, especially in, in these games that, that maybe don't mean as much towards the end of season where maybe playoff places are secured. You can't change where you're going to end up or you're, you're maybe even trying to jockey for a better position or, or dare I say a worse position or, or you're out of the race altogether and you can, you can reward these guys with some ice time that, you know, you couldn't argue that these guys probably deserve ice time more than anybody in their organizations.
0: I, I actually read earlier on, on Twitter, um, Jordan Moore's brother Rennie, um, he got the goalkeeper of the year in Swindon. He was awarded at the weekend, and that's in the EP, IHL or whatever you call that league below. It. And know, IHL. So, uh, Yeah, so you you know you're hundred percent right. There is you know there there is the standard of goalie, and don't forget, you play with better players, you get better. It's not rocket science. I mean, look at some of the imports that are coming in the UK now, and you know, and they're they're you know they're top quality, and and uh, for this level. It, it, you're basically only six, seven days a week and, and uh, you're up against these players. You're going to get better. If, you're, if you have the right application and you put yourself into it, you're definitely going to get better.
1: Right, well, the highlights from the games, if you want to watch them against the Cardiff Devils and the Five Flyers are available from Belfast Giants TV and the Belfast Jam website and on YouTube. Um, let's go ahead with a couple of interviews. Of course, we're going to hear in a moment from the head coach, Adam Keefe. But first, he's coming back this weekend. It's Jim Van der Meer.
0: Joined by Jim Vandermeer after training on Tuesday morning. Uh, Jim, looking forward to getting back in the lineup tomorrow night. It's uh, it's been a while since you you've been out there.
3: Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. It's been you know close to seven weeks now, and um, we got to get ready for the playoff push here. So got to get a handful of games in.
0: It's been an up and down uh, set of games since you've actually left the lineup itself, and, and obviously we all know you're a big part of the of the team. Um, you know, you've been on the bench And you've been able to do, uh, give your input from uh, Alongside Adama and Rob Stewart But uh, there's, there's certainly nothing like playing
3: Oh, definitely not You know um, You miss it sooner than you think you do You know, especially uh, when the team's not doing well But, um, you know, we just got to get back to being consistent You know, we've got a great team here We just got to, you know, play the right way When we don't play the right way You know, the results, you, know, you can see what happens um, But when we play good um, You know, the boys look really good out there
0: Three more league games left, um, and then the short playoff uh, stint that we have in the Eihl. Um, obviously, you want to just try and get up the speed before heading into next weekend um, and the potential playoffs.
3: Yeah, you need to be. You know, it's it's the biggest time of year. You want to be. You want to be flying out there. So um, <laughs> you got to make sure. Make sure. Uh, like I said, three games left. Uh, get get my timing back and and uh, make sure I'm ready to go. How you feeling? Good. A little tired after yesterday when most guys had the day off, but uh, uh, a couple of guys came out and skied with me and, and uh, helped me get going.
0: Got some fans in the background right there just chirping it?
3: Yeah, oh, that was pretty funny.
0: Adam, uh, another training session before uh, going into the last three games of the league season Milton Keynes tomorrow um, disappointing weekend uh, obviously you we had a really good performance against Cardiff on Friday night and, and then the game against uh, Fife on Saturday which is uh, probably uh, erased from your memory already
4: Yeah, I mean uh, obviously you're right you know, it was a disappointing weekend but I was happy with our, our game on, uh, on Friday Friday versus Cardiff and then Saturday I wasn't happy with the team Uh, just didn't think we had enough we ran out of gas I don't know what it was but it wasn't good enough and um it's important for me to to remember that uh, we've played a lot of hockey here recently and uh it's no excuses but uh you, know, you do have to take that on board and um it's important that we got some guys some rest over the last couple of days because we got three three games in five days and, and we want to get playing well before playoffs and we want to give ourselves the best possible seating and finish as high as possible in in the league standings so it's important that uh, we had a good, really good practice today, and guys are in great spirits. And uh, I know we need to hit the ground or hit the ice running tomorrow, and and come out hard. And, and uh, for the most part, uh, you know, maybe our, our our wins and losses haven't been great since the Challenge Cup, but I thought a lot of our games we've come out really well, uh, and some of the best starts of the season that we've had. Uh, we just haven't scored on our chances every time, and maybe some good performances by. Goaltenders that, that kind of kept it to one goal, but I thought that uh, for the most part our first periods have been great. Uh, so we do need to come out and, and play like that again tomorrow. And uh, you know, uh, if we play the right way and, and we buckle down, and I think that we've gotten into some bad habits have creeped back into our game since that uh, Cardiff doubleheader when we had that uh, devastating loss there in overtime. I'm kind of you know. And we had a setback after that with the the Edinburgh and Milton Keynes, and um, so it's important that we get back to to feeling good and playing consistently well going into the playoffs.
0: It looks as if you're starting to get healthy too, Jim Van Der Meer back on the ice today. Uh, We missed Jonathan Ferland last week, Um, and uh, it's coming at a a really important time. Yeah,
4: it really is, and uh, it's you know with eight I think it was eight games and 15 nights, we knew that uh, we need to manage our roster the best we possibly can so that we don't uh, go into playoffs with any more injuries and if guys that are fighting off some injuries you know it's important to get them some rest as well in this period and uh, you know if it doesn't matter what ice what lineup we ice uh we should be able to win every game uh possible and that's that's kind of the way we've been all season long no matter who's out of the lineup we found a way to get it done and there's no no uh no no reason why we can't get these next three uh done as well so
0: Heading into this weekend, um, again big game tomorrow against Milton Keynes. Uh, that's the rearranged fixture from the, uh, the cancellation ten days ago, or, or just over ten days ago. Um, and then this weekend against another trip to Cardiff and Dundee. Um, and as you say, it's important just to make sure anybody who's carrying a little niggle uh, is uh, kept fresh for for heading into the playoffs.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's about managing your lineup as best as we can um i think we we've done a pretty good job of that so far, and um you know we just need to keep pushing forward and 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 get to play in, get back to playing the right way and uh and and rein our discipline in a bit more and uh you know playoff hockey is 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 that it comes down to discipline special teams and and the team that wants it more and uh we need to rein all three of those in and and make sure that we're firing our all cylinders friday
2: delighted to be joined this evening by. Another one of the, the giant guests that we've had over another week, so it's welcome back to a View from the Bridge after a bit of a hiatus, Mr. Mark Garside, how are you? Hello, oh, not bad. How are you? Very well, thanks. We've obviously with Simon on the line here as well, there Gars. So um well crack on. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a frustrating season I'm sure for you. Just for I suppose first off, how's the injury coming along?
5: Um uh, it's getting better now. I mean obviously I've not played since well, November eleventh, that was the last game. Yeah, uh, I actually got surgery on it uh, a month ago now. It's finally starting to improve.
2: And um, obviously you season in Belfast. I think you've only about 20 games under your belt. As you say, you went down with that injury in, in November time. How frustrating has it been watching the team over Christmas and I suppose over this last sort of month where, where the challenge kind of fell away? Uh,
5: yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating in the fact that you know originally when I first went down. I was actually told I'd be back within sort of eight weeks and then things didn't develop as we, we'd have liked. I and mean, that that was the most frustrating point, probably around Christmas time. It was just there was no way it was it was uh what they had told me it was and obviously the medical staff and stuff they were they knew that as well, so we had to get it all checked out and things. But the last few weeks obviously leading up to the Challenge Cup, you know, we went winning the Challenge Cup was a bit of a a high, you could say, as far as watching is concerned. Um, and obviously, the last few weeks, I feel like you know we're just kind of dragging out the end of the season a bit towards playoffs. But I think the boys will come back and put us on something good to watch again.
0: I was just going to say there, um, we've kept you busy by doing uh, some of the games, and you're going to call tomorrow night's game against Milton Keynes. Um, uh-huh. You're obviously, you know, you seem to be enjoying that, even though um, you know it's uh, you're too busy jumping up and down for pizzas most of the time. <laughs> it's a bit rich, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you, you no, no, should be enjoying having a bit of crap on the webcast.
5: Yeah, it does it's, it's good it's good to actually, you know, come to the drink and have an actual job to do, you know. Than sometimes you're just watching it, you kind of, the game just kinda of passes you by almost. But yeah, it's good to come in and actually I guess give give my opinion on what's going on in you know, maybe enlighten the fan a bit a bit more about
2: what's happening. Let's it's get always good. Let's get your critique on the new coach then. Um, Gars, obviously, Kiefer coming in, played with him for for a number of years there and line mate with him, very on that very famous heartbeat line for a number of years as well. And you know, how do you think Kiefer's getting on now that he's he's kind of well, he's stepped full time behind the bench, albeit he's had a, a few, a handful of appearances.
5: Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Obviously, he knows it's his first season and he'll he said himself, you know, maybe he. He'll make mistakes and stuff, but it's all about learning from him. He's quite humble about it, so you know he, he's good coming at the start of the season. He went and talked to all the guys, you know, told us why, what what how he wanted us to play, and uh, had us all ready and prepared to go. So as, as far as uh, putting in the time and the effort and the application, he's been really good.
0: Mark, also, I mean, this year, as you've already touched on there, it's been a difficult season, um, you know, especially since. Just after Jimbo went down seven weeks ago, we've, we've really um, let quite a few goals in that maybe we shouldn't. But with him coming back in the lineup tomorrow night, and a few games left um, for the regular season, um, it's all about trying to gear up for the playoffs from this point forward.
5: Yeah, and Jim coming back will be a massive bonus for us. I mean, obviously in the previous couple of years, we've had we've been really good with him in the lineup. He's very uh, as a leader back there, and we need him in you know pressure situations where you know maybe we're not getting all the player on way, and he's there, you know, calm head, just getting pucks in, getting pucks out, playing, simplifying things. Um, he's going to be good at coming back. Maybe maybe tighten us up a, a bit before the playoffs.
2: And obviously you're you're working on the back end yourself. Well, not at the minute, obviously being out injured, but the last couple of years now, from you know, Walsh put you back on the on the blue line there. You've been enjoying yourself in that role. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think when
5: Waltz came in, opportunities playing forward, sometimes there was, there were kind of few and far between. Sometimes it kind of balanced the place in the lineup almost. And then the one game, I think I actually got a concussion that year and kind of had to work my way back into the lineup a little bit. And then one game we had 4D men in Cardiff, I think. And then one of them, I can't remember, I think it was Mitch but in a fight or something. So I ended up going back and playing D and from there on, I actually really enjoyed it. I I think it was more just to kind of build up sort of confidence over time. And then um, the amount I was playing as well, it was, it was enjoyable.
0: Do you think that it's, I mean, obviously the transition going from forward to D, did you think you would pick it up so easily? Because I'd say, I mean, it looks as if you're, you know, you obviously played D at some point um, when you're coming through the, the younger age groups over in Edinburgh. Um, not I didn't really know how it would do, it
5: really. I just to be honest with you, I was kind of just trying not to make mistakes to start with, and that's kind of the main job of a d man almost you know just stop the opposition limit limit your mistakes and you know play simple. that's kind of what Wally wanted me to do, and focusing on that probably helped me transition quite easily. um I was known I could skate, so kind of falling back on that was a bit of a
2: help. And we have had this season our our struggles in the in the in the face off. Dot um, something that you prided yourself on. You know the team lacking, I suppose, a a a dearth of of natural I men, A lot of wingers doing the job in there and and, and doing okay. But is that something that um, you've noticed? Is it something the guys practice? Is it something that you can give advice on, or is that just something that's just a natural ability? I suppose.
5: Uh thanks. It depends. Sometimes, you know, when I played centre and Doug was the coach and Paulie Day as well, he used to always tell me, you know, we need you to be winning all... all. That was basically a, a big part of my job, was winning a lot of face-offs, especially defensively in the penalty kill and stuff. So the guys yeah. that will be doing that this season, like Fairleigh, um, a lot on the penalty kill, you know, those guys will be out practicing at practicing end. at the end of practice they'll be specifically doing that. And they know when they go into games that they, they're... Uh, one of their main jobs will be to to win those draws. Um, as far as this season as well, obviously Dustin John is really a natural centre and he hasn't he has he's been injured a lot as well, so it's kind of hampered us in that those kind of circumstances.
0: This season, it was announced there last week about the British squad being um, put forward for the uh, World Championships, and um, obviously with yourself and um, and Stephen Murphy down injured. Um, there's only two Belfast giants being selected this season, and that's something we've we've had a lot of of, um, of spaces within that GB setup over the years. Um, yeah. If you look, look around the the league now, Mark, who do you think? I mean, obviously from well, the one chance is we we need to get younger now on the on the British side because you know you, there's some guys who won't be around forever. Although you wouldn't think that the uh, Colin Shields is is uh, slowing down, he's over 60 points a game this season, yeah. but um, looking around the league, is there anybody that stands out for you that uh, maybe as a teammate uh, you'd, be looking to, you'd be very happy getting them into Belfast? I
5: mean, there's obviously a couple of guys, the boy he's watched tomorrow night would be sort of Lewis Hook, um, I spoke to Nicker and he was saying you know, he's, he's got some talent, so he may be to watch over the next few years obviously Liam Kirk's doing really well for a young kid um, whether he actually stays in the UK or not, kind of, I think everybody in hockey hopes he goes and plays in an actual hockey country and see how far he can take it. But uh, young Brits now in the league they really don't get the opportunity. Like me and Ben O'Connor and, you know, players like you know, Matt Ho. We got, there was only 10 on purpose at the time. Me and Ben both played in Edinburgh in an important situation. So it allowed us, although we went, you know, getting all the win, it gave us a chance to develop. And uh, that's kind of been
0: lost from the league in the last few years. So it's quite difficult to kind of pick up young players now. That's one of the things we had a chat about in the webcast a few weeks ago. You obviously spend in a year uh, or at least a year in North America, as yeah. have a lot of the guys who are in the league this year, or not this year, but in the, in the last few years. Oh, yeah. um, you think that's maybe something that, that young guys within um, who, are, who are reaching that level and want to, to have a, a, a professional career in hockey – you would just highly recommend them um, taking that step and going across the Atlantic?
5: Well, now without the EPL, I think really if a kid wants to go it doesn't have to go across the Atlantic, they can obviously go play in sort of Sweden or, you know, Central Europe or something, but the the difference in standard once you get to sort of fourteen, you know, thirteen, fourteen, it it just starts and in those hockey countries because they put so much more into it, you know, those they start pulling away and if your kid stays here till 18 it's very unlikely that it's not impossible but it's unlikely that they're going to they're not going to be given as good a chance to develop as if you go to north america or if you go to sweden or finland or whatever
2: what would your own thoughts be on that gosh you know whenever the eihl sort of first form however many close on 15 years ago now i suppose it, as you say with the import numbers being lower it was more, I think, the raison d'etre of the EIHL at the time was to be a developmental league and supposed to have a bit of a feed-in from the EPL. But as the years have gone on, the product has improved, as have the Brits. But the import levels now up to 14, and there's not the same requirement for those sort of Brits to be squeezing in the, the squads. Is that a, you know, good thing for the product, bad thing for British hockey? You know, you, you converse that with GB went and got a gold medal last year.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of helped the guys that are already kind of secure in the teams, you know, like myself. she would say, and you go around the league, there's probably three, four, sometimes five Brits on a team that are within the GB squad in those top teams, and it's actually probably helped our game for a lot of us, I would say, because um, the, the pace of the league is now faster, four lines, um, you know, the signing guys from leagues. It was when I first joined the league, I don't know, ten years ago, the they would never have got guys sort of out of the DL or anything. Whereas now, now, it's quite common, you know. We get, you know, if a team or the top teams will have one or two guys that have had you know, big resumes, you know, played in Sweden and played in uh, Germany and whatnot. But uh, as, as far as bringing on youngsters, it's it's tough, almost impossible for them now to break into any NHL team because just the level that there is underneath the IHL. And uh, in, and in, I don't know what it's called now the the National Ice Hockey League or whatever in, in England or the SNL in Scotland it's just no it's nowhere near the elite league standard so it's very difficult just to chuck a kid in and expect him not to make mistakes or expect him to develop I mean it's it's a bit rabbit in the headlights almost um, but as far as the elite league is concerned it's not really they don't own or run any of those other leagues underneath them so it's very difficult for them to, to as a sort of self-interested organisation to really care about that. They, they just, you know, it's a business. They have to make their business, their product good, so that people want to come and watch it. And the way that they've made the import numbers now, that, that they're obviously quite happy with that, with the product and the kind of growth that they've had in the last few years.
2: You you train, well, not at the minute, obviously, you've danger but, you know, you train on a daily basis with the likes of, of Adam Robinson, Ross Hancock, Stevie Eggles and these guys, you know, Stevie Eggles went across the water, absolutely yeah. burnt it up, but does that not emphasise the gap between these junior leagues and the EHL? You say, you know, you're asking a a guy like um, Stevie Eggles, who as I say, did really, really well in a junior league to come in and play on the same ice as a Jim Vandermeer or a Calvin Elfring. You know, the, the gap is actually staggeringly big at the moment.
5: Well, it's, yeah, it's significant. It depends on what league you go and play in Canada. Like, if the kids are going over and, I'm not sure what the import rules are like, but I remember when I was there, I came back after playing midget, which is basically, I think it's under 17s or under 18s or whatever. And I couldn't play, you could either play in the major junior as an import, but they only have two per team. And there's an import draft. And basically, those imports were coming from, you know, hockey countries. And those guys were legit, like, a lot of them ended up going and playing in the NHL. Um, or below that, you couldn't go play a tier two junior A, because they had basically you had to live there, your parents had to live. So the leagues underneath that, the, their ability is significantly less than sort of tier the tier two or the major junior. So, it, like, if, if they're playing in junior A and they go on and play college, you've seen with uh, the guy in Nottingham this year, Brett Polini, he played in Guildford. Probably up until the same age I was. I was in uh, in Paisley or whatever, you know, 13, 14, and then he left. Went and played in Junior A. Went and played college, and come back and he's he's as good as an, you know, he's as good as anybody that's from Canada or whatever that comes and plays here. Um, so it's, it depends on what league they go out there and play in. And obviously, if they stay here,
0: it's very difficult for them to kind of make that young. You're you played your first four seasons in the IHL over in Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this year, again, it's been another tough year for Edinburgh. They've had a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, I know they've beat Belfast challenge twice this year, once in the in the league and once in the a, uh, Challenge Cup. Yeah. But, you know, they, they continually have problems every day. Toward, you know, after Christmas, usually, it's been a real difficult season for them, and this is no different. Do you see any way forward for them, or do you think it's maybe time for them to... to uh, Look for a new ownership. I know Scotty's done a great job over the years, but um, maybe look for for new owners or possibly somebody else joining the league the league next year. I'm well, not really sure. I mean, it depends on
5: how the kind of the elite league
0: as a business
5: sees them. Obviously, they've they just not really. I mean, you know, a bit of pinch of all. They've beat us twice this year, but they haven't really competed in the league at all. You know, I don't know how many points they are behind Milton Keynes, but. You know, is a new team to the league, coming in, and they've beaten, you know, Sheffield and us, and they've, they've taken points off teams. That's kind of where I needs to be at. But they've been in the league for what since it's, since 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah. And you probably count three or four times have made the playoffs, or four or five times. Like, so I don't know what the kind of the elite league thinks about that, but it's they're obviously. It's a difficult situation. They aren't really competing in this league, and it's, it's something they're going to have to look at.
2: I think we had we had Todd Kelman on last week, Carson. He was talking about the Edinburgh franchise. They're actually thirty points adrift at the bottom of the league, which is, you know, as a as a major as a major gap. And, and Killer had said last week, you know, it does it is it's now affecting the other teams in terms of when Edinburgh come to town. You know, they're not getting There's the not same crowd in through the door when you know they're not getting numbers on a webcast. And uh, it's affecting people's decisions on whether they're taking season tickets or not. The number of games to play against the Caps, hence the—I think that's partially part of the um, the conference setup as well—to give less teams against less games against the lower teams for if you like call them the arena teams, the the ones that are are generally up the near the top. So it, it is a problem, and it's, it must be disappointing as a Scot to see. You know, a, a great story franchise like Edinburgh, the, the Murrayfield teams, the Edinburgh teams over the years. That you know, time is running out for them.
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I played there for four years, so I kind of hold them a little bit of affection for them still. But it's just they haven't really gone anywhere since I left, and as far as you know, financially or sponsorship, or you know, obviously they played in that old band, but it's 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 they're in a difficult situation. Either the league has to step in and you know, give them help, or whether that's they take a stake in the club and then, you know, push it to sponsors and stuff in Edinburgh, or, you know, they might look at just switching a franchise in and out or something, but you know, they've obviously been in the league a long time now, and it's this season, you know, it was a couple of seasons ago, they, they ran out of money and a couple of guys left, and that happened the first year I was there as well, actually, three guys left around February, and you I remember playing a game against Nottingham, and it was but two set the two lines and our two centers with me you know i think i was either 17 or 18 at the time and rockstar league would have been 19 so it's and they've just gone down to and I'm basically done the same thing again that's you know 12 years later so really the league has to look at that and see what they can do to either help the caps or switch them change them out or you know do something about it
0: mark obviously your season has been blighted with injury and, and it doesn't look as if you're going to get back before the end of this year, this season, sorry. Um, yeah. What have you got to do to get ready for August?
5: Well, I'll just continue with a lot of the, the rehab I'm doing right now. Um, Obviously, since I had surgery, I can actually feel it starting to improve, Was before surgery I thought I had three months there where it was just it improved mildly and we thought well, maybe it'll actually improve more and it just it didn't for a, for a month, so then I actually had the surgery, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of doing the rehab and just being patient with what I can do. And then finally, once I'm sure sort of beginning the summertime, I should actually be able to sort of lift weights and things and it should be feeling a lot better. Then I'll be, you know, back in the gym, probably with sheds and doing a lot of fitness stuff and probably be on the ice a bit more this summer than what I normally go on just to try and get the legs back under me.
2: And as for your Belfast Giants teammates, obviously the last sort of 20 games has been very, very up and down for us. And, uh, you know, picked that Challenge Cup up, absolutely great. And we've got to see a few dead rubbers out over the next, you know, half dozen days or so. And then it's all gearing up for the, the playoffs. You know, there's enough veteran leadership and enough quality in this team to really get themselves up and have a good go at the playoffs.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we know that we can't just turn it on. We have to play these three games. I think it's just about getting into the right habits and people were saying this morning in the room it's just about playing with the right habits and trying to get a, a good intensity of play before we get into the process. we don't know who we're going to get but it is likely that it could be you know Sheffield or Nottingham. we're going to have to be you know flying going into that obviously jim helps coming back as well a bit of leadership on the back end
2: and uh gosh we'll have to call it a day there and, and thank you for your time the last time you were on the podcast we asked you, you obviously you did your your line there the other week and you gave us a, a bit of music to play I think we played a bit of David Bowie Starman for you but the last time we were on we challenged you to pick one of your own songs and we're going to challenge you game to play you out with one of your own songs so name that tune oh no I can't even remember what it called
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> we'll play Moment in Time or Moments
2: in Time that'll do that one been a while. On oh, that note, thanks very much, Mr. Mark <laughs> Am
6: My deluded are just blamed? There's nothing special here to find, and these words I've past can't change never stay everything we have done has led to this moment in time and I ask myself what I've been doing all these years where am I going why am I really here? A time where I am lost and born I could change what went before, but the past change Shackled to the tick of clocks, there's constant change that never stops And it's past like rain And I ask myself what I've been all these years Where am I going? Why am I really I wonder what my future holds What is beyond this crossroad Will I ever know but I can't stay because of the fear I don't know why beyond here I need to go But where will I go 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 where will I, go? Where will I... Where will I go?
1: Thanks again to Gosh, and well done. That was a great interview with him. Um one thing I want to bring up just at this point before we move on to the Around the League section is the uh, KOTG of Using the Bridge Player of the Season Award. Keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter account and to Facebook. We're going to put out information on how you can vote for the Player of the Season. Quite a few nominees come on for this. We'll also have our Normal Player of the Month coming up in the next week or so. But Davey, the Player of the Season is the big one.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's something that's been awarded right since day one of the Giants. Was it Shane Johnson maybe picked it up in the first Johnson season? Was
1: the first one it was a
2: T-shirt uh, <laughs> way back, way back when it was just a T-shirt it was, an, it was a nice little award. That uh, you know the, the players have picked up Blair, Blair Riley last year. I like Benny won it the year before, and oh, yeah. you know some good names on that. And there's some great nominations this season. You know, you look at Sylvester with nearly 40 goals, and Brendan Conley and Darcy Murphy, Colin sealed 60 odd points, and and then you go to the back end, and you know Martinelli near plus 40 over the course of the season. Spiro, who for me has just been lights, a uh, uh, serious man crush going on there. I wish, <laughs> I wish Mark Garside had more than 20 games because I think he was, he'd started the season really well again. Um, and then our goaltending has, has been really, really good at times. You know, Jackson Whistle's been outstanding. Murph obviously went down really early in the season and, and he had to carry a lot of the load and obviously truly coming in and doing well. And Dicko's been in there as well, We've played four goaltenders this season and. You know, they've all, they've all done pretty well and it, it's going to be interesting. that That is a vote we do by email, isn't it? It,
1: it is, yeah. Email your, so it's a,
2: yeah. So it's a secret rather than the uh, the Twitter ones. Obviously, the, the player of the month for March will be coming out in a few days as well. So um, a lot of voting to be done. Vote early, vote often, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, it says who would be your uh, leading contenders for the player of the season? Um,
0: My player of the season would be Spiro Galagos. Yep. Great. When he's when he's fit and when he's in the game mode instead of you know, obviously earlier in the season he was a bit um losing the rag a bit and, and obviously getting suspended. Um I know some people say that he got ten flipping hits to the head and all that crap. Um <laughs> most of have a nonsense. But Spear was different gravy mate. Um I, I just think he's absolutely top top quality and um and I hope we can hold on them for next season and you know I know there's he's he's got his view and what he wants to do, but uh if we can if we can hold on to him the next season that's it's definitely we'd be better off with him than without him he's top top quality um you know he's, i just think he's he's outstanding to be honest
2: and and yourself buddy. I'd have to agree.
1: I think it's going to be a, a, a full house. I think Spiro Galakis has been brilliant this season. I think, considering how, how much maligned he was, and not just by other fans but by us as well. You know, we we got at him early in the season in regards to the 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 penalties he was taking, the, the misconduct he was taking. But he sort of calmed that down and he turned himself into one of the premier D-men, if not the premier d in in the elite league. You've also got to look at like a Steve Saviano and Ran Martinelli. There have been so so many. Top performances in in the team. You, know, it's. I'm glad we picked up at least one piece of silverware. Hopefully, we'll pick up another piece of silverware because, considering the the, the high level that some of these guys have been playing at this season, it was well deserved. But yeah, I, if 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 you put my neck to the chopping block, it would it would be spare, I think, for. It. But we um, I'm going to put out the information on how you can vote for your player of the season. Be it Spear, Glakos, Steve Saviano, Colin Shields, whoever you want to put your name down. It'll be done via email. Keep your, keep an eye on at AVFTB and on our Facebook uh, page. And we'll be putting out the information on that later this week and presenting and hopefully being able to present it uh, before, well, maybe the playoffs or whatever. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye on a view from the bridge, Twitter and Facebook for that. Around the league, gents, uh, just a couple of points. First up. Um we can't have failed to fail to have because I think the Elite League tweeted it out about a hundred times. Omar Pasha has signed a three year deal with the Dundee Stars as both head coach and general manager. Davy, big fans of Pasha here and um uh, okay, maybe not the greatest of seasons for him. They are, I believe, they're out of the playoff hunt now with regards to the, just too far behind the uh the Brayhead clan who currently sit in eighth. Uh but a real a real foundation for him to work here over the next three years to turn the
2: Dundee Stars into more of a force absolutely who doesn't love pass you know like I've never heard genuinely never heard anyone say a bad word about the fella you know our formerly of this parish, Neil, the coach Russell, you know, says what a tremendous human being he is. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take that. We've been, you know, I remember the last time we went up there to Manchester and went out for lunch with him and he, he regaling us with all those old hockey stories. You know, he's just a, he's a lovely fellow apart from anything. But, you know, we'll have to wish him well. Three years, as you say, gives him a lovely findings and gives him a little bit of security. As it the words up there, you know, have given him that contract and said, you know, we believe in you. Set something up here. We'll give you a year now. You've got another three years. Build something. Get us into those places. It has to be a small stepping stone. You know, the, the the target for him next season has to be to progress through the Challenge Cup group and finish eighth or better. You know, that just has to be his target. He's not I don't think they're going and saying to him, "Go win conferences, go win leagues." I think they'd be saying, "Take the small step." There's your budget. Go build what you've got to build. Get yourself a good goaltending. Your, do what you're doing because they've came with a lovely run since Christmas. You know, they've, they've been a, a decent team. They just left themselves too much of a mountain to climb. And I think at times over the season, they've been hampered by injuries and, and a few suspensions here and there and a few little problems around the club. So, you know, he's got his opportunity. Now, go build your own team. Put the Omar Pasha stamp on it. You don't have to play anymore yourself, hopefully, because he, you know, with the greatest respect to him, he loves the game, but he doesn't want to have to be in that position where he has to play and coach at the same time. It's just, it's too hard at this level now. Player coaches just find it, it's just much, much too difficult. So, uh, you know, Pass has got a lot going for him up there and, and we wish him every success.
1: Says he came in to take over a team that was predominantly put together by Mark Lefebvre. He took on the general manager role, saying he, was learned, he learned the general manager role from some other bloke. But the, uh, the fact that they, they're so happy with his performance and how he's worked both on and off the ice this season, that they would give him a three-year contract is a credit to him.
0: A hundred percent, man. I think it's a great signing for them. Um, you know, we, we came. We, You've already said. You know, we we all think the world of our love. He's a real, real top lad, and and uh, I wish him the best of luck. And uh, obviously not against us, but <laughs> the um, you know he's. He, I think he. I think he'll do a great job up there. Um, I think he's a really good coach. He, he's he's always had success against us, whether he was with Hull, Manchester, or Dundee. Yeah, we uh, took a win. You know, and, and uh I, I think he's I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really, really top lad as well and, and if he can get his own recruitment and and the own guys that he he wants coming in for next season, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be at the playoffs looking around to see who's available and and uh hopefully we'll see him there as well. But no, he's a real, real top lad and, and as I say, wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. So so say all of us. Um one other point,
1: uh with Coventry Blaze's victory over the Guildford Flames on Sunday that confirmed the Manchester Storm as the inaugural winners of the Patton Conference. Uh, that's we also hit makes the uh, Ran Finerty the first coach to win both sorry, well, two conferences. I guess the Gardner Conference and now the Patton conferences. They've been on uh, on quite a run recently. The Manchester Storm.
0: They have, and and you know, again, they've they've played very well. I think it was eleven unbeaten. Um, at one stage, and again, you know when you're playing at, at you know, well you within the, your patent group, and you've got Milton Keynes, Guildford and uh, Coventry. Um, you know, it's with the greatest respect. Again, you're not playing the likes of. Uh, so, did you actually put up as the record there a few weeks ago against the David Was it yourself? Put up the record that they've had against in and conference and out conference teams? Yeah. What yeah. was the
1: record? Well, about, well, before you do, before you say it, before I'm just going to put this to you, Davey. We did have a couple of tweets in earlier, well, middle of last week from a lad, a Manchester Storm fan called Danny Kelly, who said some nice things about the podcast and, and we thank him for that. Uh, it's very kind of him to say some, some great things. But he also had a bit of umbrage and a bit of a reason to take it. He says, um, I'll just read from it. As a Storm fan, just one point I'd like to pick you up on is that you keep mentioning how the conference system has helped the Storm to be where they are in the... The league but stats don't actually back this up he puts that they've got, the storm against the Patton conference teams have an average of 1.4 points 1.4 points per game against Earhart conference teams they had 1.3 points per game and against the Gardner conference they have an average of 1.43 points per game pretty consistent whoever we are playing he just wanted to get that off his chest because it's been bugging him the
2: last couple of weeks does he have a point probably he's you know, stats don't lie. Do you remember that old thing? Um But, you know, against Guildford, Coventry, Milton Keynes, they've got 31 points. Against Brayhead, Dundee and Edinburgh, they've got, I think it's 25 points. And against Belfast, Sheffield, Nottingham and Cardiff, they've got 17 points. So those stats don't lie either. You know, the, the conference system has aided them to be where they are in the league. You know, if it wasn't for the conference system... I don't know why that would balance out, you know, in Simon Kitchens' Utopia, where I think, what is it, three home and three away against against each team, Simon? Yep, absolutely. You're, you know, how that would level out. It, it is, the league is an unbalanced, a, a, you know, it's a tilted rink. The, the, the teams, you know, with the greatest, like, okay, we've lost against all these teams as well. But if you're playing... Guilford Coventry, Milton Keynes more often than not. If you're playing, you know Brayhead Dundee and, and Edinburgh more often than not. It just it's the same with the Flyers. You know, forty points from their conference, they've absolutely battered away. Um, so uh, as far as it goes, yes, uh, his stats might be quite cracked, but but you know, I will give you some counter ones there. They've only taken seventeen points out of seventy-eight. Uh, uh, you know, against the the conference that, that I would I would say is the strongest conference.
1: I suppose if they're only if you're if you're only playing. Coventry and Milton. If you're playing Coventry and Milton Keynes, uh, you know what is it? Sixteen times a a season, but only playing Belfast and Cardiff four times a season. Then it's it, it you know it, it takes its toll. Um, but they are confirmed. 24. They are confirmed in
0: second place. Twenty four men. If they're playing, they're in conference. They're playing four home, four away. Mm-hmm. So it's three teams, twenty four games. Oh yeah, but I only mentioned two. All right then. Thanks Ben. <laughs>
1: Well, because Guilford are doing pretty well. Uh, or they were doing pretty well. But yeah, they are now confirmed in second place. And uh, yeah, congratulations to them on their Patton Conference win. We're going to fire ahead, lads, and, and wrap this up with just a quick chat about the three games going ahead with regards to Milton Keynes away to Cardiff and at home in the final game of the season to Dundee. we play Milton Keynes on Wednesday night. This is the rearranged game from the other week. Um the one that was the night before the uh, seventeen days ago, and uh, the night before the uh, the Challenge Cup final, uh, and then on Friday at H- we're away to the Cardiff Devils at Ice Arena, Wales, and then back at home on Saturday versus the Dundee Stars. Um, how do you see these games, Davy? Uh, what do the Giants need to get out of these games? I know, I know you hate talking about this and about the, all the cliches, but I'm saying what I want to put frame this is in, is the fact that. These games aren't actually playing for anything, but with a run into a potential, you know, matchup against like who seating positions or whether we want to build momentum. What exactly do we go to these games to
2: see, and and what does the team need to get out of? I got um, chirped on Twitter about saying, you know, that I hit cliches, but I love <laughs> I love rhyming them off. So you all know, start with momentum. Um, you know, we, we do like home games you know, you can expect 3,000 plus there tomorrow night last home game of the season versus Dundee at the weekend, you know, okay it's a Sunday, but you know, you're going to have to expect three 4,000 there, these people will be coming expecting and hoping for a Belfast Giants win, we've got to try and be strong on our home ice we've got to, we've got to expect as Belfast Giants to, to want to win every game, to expect to win every game as a minimum um, you know, okay, that's never always going to happen. You know, you, you 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 strive. What is it you say? You strive for perfection, and you
1: strive for if you strive for perfection, you gain excellence.
2: Yeah, and um, if you don't, you, you gain mediocrity, and and that's not the Belfast chance. We've got players coming back into the roster um, that will want to set set their stall out as well and say, like, I'm back. You know, and, and this is what you've missed. So, there's players that are trying to get back to fitness, and and there's points. There's elite league points to be won here and, and positions to jostle for. See, at the minute, two, four, four plus six. Do you really want to have a doubleheader against the Panthers to try and get in the short form competition to go to the playoffs? You know, they, they've proven themselves that the, the short form of the game is is Corey Nielsen's, and Corey Nielsen's swung song is his last opportunity to win a trophy with the Nottingham Panthers as these playoffs. You know, yes, I'd love to give them a bloody nose, but no, I don't particularly want to play in the playoffs. We need to be striving they get six points this weekend, or, well, I want to say this weekend, from tomorrow night, stroke it'll be tomorrow when you're listening to this, but Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, we have to, to accept that being a Belfast Giant, to say that anything less than six points is, is accepting that mediocrity. Simon?
0: I, I would agree with that, you know, I think um, tomorrow night game, the, the Ray Rains one from 10 days ago, sorry, 17 days ago, <laughs> the... Uh, you know, it's it's the guys again after Sunday, I'm sorry, after Saturday and against Fife, they'll be you know be looking to try and put a stamp on it. It's great we've got Jim Vandermeer coming back. Um I know there's a couple of other bodies which um I've got a few wee niggles and, and Adam hasn't decided to line up yet uh for tomorrow night. But you know it's important that we finish the season strong. Um the regular season. Uh get into the playoffs is the, the momentum's a massive, massive thing in sport. And if you can get, pick up a couple of wins, obviously, you know, big game in, on uh, Saturday night against Cardiff. Um, and again, I, I think that, you know, they'll want to win. I think they have two home games this weekend. So again, they'll that's their last two home games, uh, apart from the one playoff game of the season as well. So they'll want to finish in a high. They'll want to get the win in their own barn. We've had success there this year. We've won three times. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can pick up another win, but it's all about tomorrow night. Let's get the a performance tomorrow night where, we can get off to a good start. That's one thing we've really had. You know, if you look at it more or less every game, this since the Challenge Cup, we've started really well, more or less. Um, you know, we've had some really good first periods. That who was it with well White shot? Was it twenty to five the week before last? Brayhead was Brayhead, that was, Bray Bray you know, was, was one of the best first periods I've seen all season? And then we switched off. You know, as they coming out there and. And uh then you know Bray had to get back into it and scored three in the second period uh, and then pushed on and ended up you know winning with the empty night goal. And it it's important we finish strong. You want to certainly you know as as Davy's already pointed out, you, you play for the Belfast Chance, you play for the city, Adam gets it, a hundred percent gets it. Um and he'll want to win. He'll want to win these three games. As at the end of the day, the players don't come out to lose, and with everybody getting fit now and the interview I did with Adam after the game on uh, Saturday night, you know, he, he's looking to see who wants to play. If guys don't want to play and they don't want, you know, maybe carrying a bit of a niggle and making excuses, do you know what? Get, get on the plane and go home. If you don't want to play, go home. If you do want to play, you bust your balls for the Belfast chance. You've only got six more, seven more games left, and then you can enjoy your season. There's too many guys on on against Fife the other night who looked like they'd switched off. Season's not over yet. Three regular season, hopefully four in the playoffs, and then a nice shiny trophy come the 8th of April.
1: Just briefly, Dave, you know, Jim Vandermeer back in the lineup, and with the build up to what is, okay, our postseason is probably something we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more next week, but our postseason is. Golf. Let's be fair; it's 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 four games maximum. Um, but in the build up to that, and bringing back a guy like Jim Vandermeer into the lineup is a is a real positive.
2: Oh, it's huge! If nothing else, you know we we'll had to go with five D the other night just with. You know, Jackson Whistle obviously being out and you lose that import slot, Trudy comes in the nets and, you know, we end up going 5D and that takes its toll as well. You know, Spiro took a lot of penalties, Marty's taking penalties in the game and suddenly you're down to 4D, you're down to 3D and, you know, that you've got to factor that into the loss against um, the 5 as well. You know, guys... Um, Benny having to play probably more than 30 minutes the other night you know you've got you've got D-men trying to fill in when when those guys are you know sitting for penalties as well so it's not ideal that you're down to, to five bodies it's always preferable for me anyway to have six on the back end and you know a Rolls Royce, you're bringing in a Rolls Royce here, and Jim Vandermeer, you know, a guy who's would be on any all star team if he had played all season. Um, if he's not, if he's not due it anyway, you know, Sis talked earlier about Andrew Hotham and how good he is, and Hotham. The other night, you know, he was really good In his own end, and then he comes up and scores A wonder goal at the end, we have that Ability in the Spiro Gulakos And, you know, Marty from the back end And and, and at times has been sensational the last number of weeks, but Vandy is our Number one D-man, well, in my opinion I know Simon might have a different a great, opinion no, on that I'll But, agree. you know, for, for me, Vandy Is right up there at the top echelons With the Hothams in this league, if not You know, personally, Belfast Giants fan I'm going to put Vandy right at the top of the pad Simon?
0: Three. I think Bambi's just different. Gravy. Um he was on the ice this morning and it doesn't look as if he's missed a beat. Uh, it was an optional practice yesterday. He was out there and a few guys came out and, and I think it was eight or nine yesterday skated as well. And and um, you know he's he's just top top notch. Um, I think it's it's you know it's like a new signing coming in here. Obviously with only seven potentially games left, it's just like a new signing. If he can you know get. Uh, you know, it's difficult to get in the game shape and it's difficult to to play coming off nothing to 20, 24, 25 minutes. Um, but uh, I think he's absolutely top-notch. And one other thing I want to say, how good was Jeff Mason on Friday night? Oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was unbelievable. You know, and I know he, he picked up a bit of a niggle and, and missed Saturday. Um, but I thought he, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, he's got better and better and better. And I hope he's, he's reconsidering for a for maybe looking for another season, because I thought, I mean, again, in the, in the cup final, he was brilliant. Yeah. And a couple of games after that, he was, you know, he played really well. But I thought he was unbelievable and frightening night um, mm-hmm. against Cardiff. And, and as I say, hopefully, he's maybe reconsidering uh, hanging the skates back up again and, and
2: Forget about that retirement plan. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, we, we've we had this over a number of seasons now, where guys have came in as the extra you know, Benny, last season, 50, you know, Mace has played 35, 40 games, he's chipped away with a few points, you know, here and there, I think he's maybe at about 10 points for the season, but, you know, that's not his role anymore, he got an opportunity, a lovely breakaway opportunity there the other night, he gets the shot on goal, you know, he's starting as the confidence of, of playing more and more games, and over this, since Christmas, he's played, you know, the lion's share of the game, so, it's, as you say, Jeff Mason to, to be back in Belfast for another season is almost a, a no-brainer. Can I just, just, I know I was going to wrap
1: this up, but just something that says, says said a moment ago has just played on my mind there with regards to the optional skate and you know eight or nine guys turned up. Jim Vandermeer is one of them. Says, do you think that with regards to an optional skate, if a guy, if one of the guys don't turn up, that they're that the coach will question it? No, it's just, so it what, is, it, it's purely like they don't think, you know, the, the, uh, I'm not, I'm in no way suggesting commitment in regards to that, but you, you think, you know, uh, running into the postseason, you throw out an optional skate, you want the guys to be working?
0: Like again, optional skate means that the ice is available if they want to go on. The majority of guys turn up, they go on the bike, they go, you know, they maybe get a massage, they maybe go for, um. you know, a bit of kicking about and behind, we you know that when they do their warm-up and stuff like that, so the majority of guys turn in. It's not as if they just go. Oh, look, am i look. I'm not even going anywhere near the ring today. The okay. majority of guys turn in. So some of them go skating. Some of them do other things. Um, you know, some of them go into the weight stream that they've got in the, in the locker room. So you know, it's not the matter of just not turning up on a day and taking a day off. That's not what it's about. So, um, you know, again, there was. I think he said there was eight or nine out. Um, on uh, on Monday. Um, and again, you can still have a bit of cracking. You know, eight or nine guys on optional skate. There's nothing too serious, but you know, it gives you time to work on other things. They can say maybe a sharpness and his shot and I mean one of the things that Jim Vandermeer does is just unbelievable is tipping the puck in front of Lynette. I have never, ever seen anybody as good as him. And you know, it, it doesn't make a difference who's taking the shots. They'll stand there all day long and he'll put his hands in the middle of the stick, you know, leaving the, the body end open and leaving the blade open and he'll tip him down from left and right. He, honest to God, ask any of the lads that, are, that get a chance to go down and watch it. He's different greatly. I, I mean, it was. Taff and I were watching him. I think it was coming up to Christmas. Um, and Marty was taking shots, and Rayner was taking shots from the other side. And out of 20 shots, he tipped 17 in. Mm. Out of 20 shots. And I said to yeah, Adam, stick him in front of the net for the power play. <laughs>
1: but,
0: you know, we need him on the point. So. Um, but another <laughs> yeah. thing another Another thing you'd mentioned, David, about you know guys missing games and, and Mace playing thirty games. For the first time, I was looking back at it. For the first time in a long time, we've only got one player that's played every single game this season.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: But you only know who it
0: is, David.
2: Well, I didn't want to say anything about it because I don't like to scud these things. There's still three games left. All right, to play. Okay. Well, there you go. He'll, he'll not miss. You know, like, shut up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. if, if he gets the Ironman, we'll make sure there's an Ironman award given out. Absolutely. Fair yeah. enough. That's okay. But
0: again, you know, he's been brilliant as well this year, so we'll carry on.
2: Absolutely. Well, those three games. Wednesday.
1: I did make a mistake earlier on was, uh, in regards to the Carlton Dundee games. But just to clarify, Wednesday night, Milton Keynes Lightning, 7 pm at the SSE Arena. Uh, Saturday at 7 pm at Ice Arena Wales. You get that on, my, on Ice Time TV if you're not going over. And uh, Dundee at home, 4 pm on Sunday. At the SSE, that MK game tomorrow night and the game against Dundee. If you can't get down there, mm. says and I assume you just have goalkeepers or, uh, or it's either goalkeepers or it's uh, Mark Garside Do you know who it's going to be? I
0: don't know who it's going to be, but we can take your pick. And there's, I know we've got a couple of guys here messing out tomorrow night, but we've, uh, we've got Mark garside He wants to do it again, so he's been excellent. But uh, yeah,
1: you know, uh, ice time TV for the game on Saturday, and of course Belfast Giants TV for the games on Wednesday. Uh, or on Sunday if you can't make it down. But we encourage you to make it down and try to build these guys up for the playoffs. Any other business, gentlemen?
0: Um, do you do, Yeah. I've won. We'll crack on. Um, last night at the, at the cinema, we touched on it earlier, um, we had a special guest come in, literally right at the start of the movie, or the, the show, I'm sorry, um, and I think he actually sneaked out of hospital for it. Young Dylan Khaki and his mum appeared. Literally just we're about to turn the lights out and I see them walking in and he's still wired up with all his, his tubes and the stuff he has in. And um it was great to see him. I know he's been through a tough, tough time in the last couple of weeks and uh great to see him back at the at the well the Odyssey. Um and hopefully it'll not be long before he's he's out of that hospital and, and uh feeling tip top again. But um great to see him out of the the hospital and uh, enjoying the the show that we we'll put on. Yeah, here, here. David.
2: Well, mine's kind of along the same theme because it involves Dylan, but it's more to do with, um, you know, you have young Ethan McLean there and and Dylan. Over the last little while, haven't had the best of news with regarding their their health and. Dylan obviously missed out on the on the transplant there, and, and Ethan's got a bit of, bit of bad news about his it, de but you know, it's just a message to their mums, you know, you, they're always talking about these wee boys being superheroes, but these mums, you know, Glenda and, and Yvette are superheroes to you and what they do daily, daily, and they have to deal with the the heartache of of waiting for a transplant or, or, you know, waiting for good or bad news from the hospital, so, you know, a shout out to, to Glenda and Yvette there from us all here, and, and obviously, you know, you, you talk about Dylan there, he's they're having to, to stick him so often i think he you know more pricks than phil taylor's dartboard lately trying to you know get all those <laughs> get all those all those um oh my you know cannulas into him so you know we hope that that uh, we see them back in the sse as soon as possible and it's great to see them in every opportunity but big shout out to their mums there and hope they're keeping well too Absolutely. Good shout there, boys. Right. No, there was no uh, TFAs this week.
1: Was, uh, basically, I didn't have the time to put it out there, but we'll bring that back next week. Um, those three games, Milton Keynes, Cardiff and Dundee, Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday. If you can't get down to the SSE, Belfast Giants, TV is where you go and Ice Arena Wales. That game is on Ice Time TV. Thanks to everybody who's gotten contacted the week at AVF TV on Twitter, you know, Facebook. We've got our website. We've got our email. Keep an eye out for the Player of the Season award, which we'll I'll put online in the next day or so. And, uh, Davy and Simon, thanks very much for your time. Oh, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks to Jim Vandermeer Adam Keefe and of course to Mark Dorside Uh, wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge (laughs)
0: podcast network
1: with everything you have on your plate earning your degree online seems impossible but at grand canyon university we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day your graduation team led by your own gcu counselor provides you with the personal support you need to succeed